do we see at Groundswell this year, the 26th and 27th of June, close to London, UK? Many friends of the podcast will be there. John Kempf, Abby Rose, Benedict Bozo, Henry Dimbleby, Claire Hill, Russ Carrington, Andy Cato, Tim Coates, and many, many more. See you there. I've been saying it for years. You should get a discount when you go to the toilet in a restaurant. We try to cover as many aspects of the regeneration revolution as possible on this podcast. But this one is definitely a first and hopefully probably not a last one. We never talk about human shit or human treasure as the guests of today like to call it. I realize we've talked more about animal manure in this podcast than about the massive gap in our circular food system, the one that nobody talks about. We ship massive amounts of nutrients to cities and we don't get anything back to the farm. That cannot continue and the tech is there and the ways of doing it safely and at scale as well. But what's really missing is a mindset shift. We can't just thoughtlessly keep flushing very precious resources down the drain and pay enormous amounts of money, energy, resources to get it treated and then import large amounts of chemical fertility from elsewhere. I promise that after this interview, your toilet experience will never be the same again. Enjoy. This is the Investing in Regenerative Agriculture and Food podcast, Investing as if the Planet Mattered, where we talk to the pioneers in the regenerative food and agriculture space to learn more on how to put our money to work to regenerate soil, people, local communities, and ecosystems while making an appropriate and fair return. Why my focus on soil and regeneration? Because so many of the pressing issues we face today have their roots in how we treat our land and our sea, grow our food, what we eat, wear and consume. And it's time that we as investors, big and small, and consumers start paying much more attention to the dirt slash soil underneath our feet. To make it easy for fans to support our work, we launched our membership community. And so many of you have joined us as a member. Thank you. If our work created value for you, and if you have the means, and only if you have the means, consider joining us. Find out more on gumroad.com slash investing in regenag. That is gumroad.com slash investing in regenag. Or find the link below. Welcome to another episode today with the creators of Holy Shit, a documentary on how our shit can feed the world. Welcome, Fides and Jana. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And there's so much to unpack in that first sentence already, <laughs> but let's start with your, your personal story on, or your personal stories actually of both of you. How did that lead you to make a documentary and, and a lot more work around it, which we're going to unpack as well, focusing on that, um, I'm going to say, quote unquote, human waste um, and the important role it has to play because it seems absolutely inevitable in, in regeneration and in our, uh, in feeding the world. But what led you to that? Because I can imagine there are quite a few other career paths you both could have chosen or let's say you were on other paths and somehow it drove you to this this very specific and very important but not much talked about topic yeah uh, first of all i would say no human waste but human treasure <laughs> <laughs> and uh but before i also saw shit as shit uh, something dirty. I didn't ever thought about what happened if I would flush down the, the toilet daily. Um, but, uh, well, me personally, I'm an artist, social designer, and I worked a lot with farmers uh, in the Netherlands. And uh, one farmer came to me and he said, Fides, uh, that's my name, I want people from the city to come to me with a bucket of shit. And then I will make something beautiful out of it. And I was like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? I didn't know. Like, I, I was, it was quite strange to me. But he said it a couple of times. So I started to trust him. And I'm like, okay, what's this shit talk that you're talking about? And he subscribed to me a book. It's called uh, 3,000 Years of uh, Sustainable Agriculture, Regenerative Agriculture. And it's a, a research book from 100 years ago where uh, Mr. King, it's a scientist, uh, from America goes to the area of China and Japan and Korea and looks at how it's possible that so many people are being fed here uh, with uh, with and, and the soil stays healthy. How is that possible? Uh, because he saw it in America going a little bit uh, wrong, um, and he found two two uh, yeah findings. One was they use their own poo and pee in a very 
great uh, fast um, transport system with very hygienic ways of doing it. And it's a very important part that we'll probably come back to later. And secondly, they appreciate shit, their own shit. It was so that if you would hand in your shit, you would have to pay less rent. Even even more. Like if we're all, uh, imagine this, we're all at dinner at my place and, uh, and it was socially uh, acceptable or uh, wished upon. Please go to the toilet. To yeah, yeah. give your uh, value back in the toilet before you left the house again. So that's exactly that thought like not how because it was also explained how it was done and stuff but that they really valued their shit was for me eye-opening especially as an artist who likes the nitty and gritty of life and really looks for those like things that we don't notice in life and that we just see as a given like the toilet how we flush it how we we either feed ourselves it's just a given to really research that and think how can we do it differently that was just a great subject shit came to me um and then i created a project about it called a shit sandwich uh it's a food truck for one side there's a toilet and i ask people to donate their shit and the other side uh, there are sandwiches created from compost of the human pumpy and people are very destruct by it they laugh but was there a discount because i'm yes. asked the obvious yes. question so okay indeed, if you good. donate your shit you get a discount on your sandwich very important part people like discounts. for years i've been saying it yeah for years i said yeah. this year is going to be the year where there's going to be a restaurant where you get uh, a discount and, and my wife's going to laugh now but you get a discount when you go to the toilet and for years i've been wrong until i found your you've shit. said this I was like, oh my god i said but i think five or six years ago i said somebody's going to do it. it it's going to happen it's going to happen and then I found your your broodje poop in oh, in wow. Dutch and sandwich shit sandwich. I was like, wow, somebody actually did it on a festival. That's so cool. <laughs> so it's it's been. And then I followed you over time, and we're going to talk about the documentary. So, and and the reaction of people. Then we're going to go to your your story, obviously, Jana. But the reaction of people. You're on a, in on a festival. You're selling a sandwich with everybody has to eat. It's hopefully sunny, etc. And then do you have that interaction? Like what happened when you tell people, oh, you can actually go to the toilet and get a discount? They were like, what? Like how how did yeah the, what happens there? The react so I mean, we've been touring with this uh, shit uh, wagon for already uh, like three four years now, and um, we've done a lot lot since. But on that festival, the reactions are so great, and and it changes also. I see it. It has been changing since since we started. Really, people are very more acceptable and open, to, for, it. And open for it. It's so strange how fast you see a change, but. Um, you have multiple reactions. You have people who who agree with you, but still are very uncomfortable by eating the sandwich. People who they always want to sniff the compost uh, because we also have like compost there. It's just earth, but it's made from human pumpy, and they always want to smell yeah. it. And it's like it's like earth, <laughs> and the sandwich. Yeah, luckily, it's yeah. like a normal sandwich, and it's you the the. Yeah, in the documentary, there's some great scenes on that. It's really yeah. like, yeah, the, the contrast is is amazing. Yeah, and 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 Jana, how did shit enters your enter yeah. your oh. life? I mean, it's a it's a question I never thought I would ask, I but know. it makes so much sense in this we, context. We ask ourselves every day. It's a very normal question for uh, for people around us and for ourselves. But yeah, um, I think it's contagious in in many ways. Uh, as a criminologist, let's hope not. Yeah, <laughs> in a good way. Uh, as a criminologist, uh, way back when I studied, feels a long time ago, uh, I think I already had the, the inclination. I love taboos. I love things that are not really accepted, a bit strange. People have a lot of opinions about. Well, if you talk about crime, everybody has an opinion about how, well, it, about jails, about punishment, about what we see as normal, as as morally acceptable in our society. And we all make the rules. Rules are all made by humans. They don't just are there. We are actually the ones who say what is acceptable or not in our society. And actually, in that way, when uh, I met Fides also a well, while well back. Um, friends first. Friends and- first, then professionals, but now both. And they go together very well. We shit where we eat. No, wait. <laughs> but... Um, in many ways, I felt like this topic is precisely death. It's something that people don't actually want to talk about. We want to forget about it when we flush the toilet. Like It's not part of our 
normal daily life, but it actually is. It's really, really apparent part of our lives. So I think that always attracted me in the, in the way that at first, actually also, I, I've been working now for this, I think two and a half years also together with Fides. When we, when I first started, I really saw, okay, we have something here, you know, if like this intuition, it's part, it should be part of the discussion about sustainability, about circularity, but it's not. But I also, even after three, four years, you still find, um, parts of the topic of shit that surprise me that I think, Oh, I never thought about sort of, for example, that we are actually uh, having an, a nitrogen uh, crisis. There should be a connection to that, but we'll talk about it more in depth. But for example, there's like so many crises. Um, we call it crises, but there are also opportunities, of course, but they're all connected in some way to this story. And I, I found that very intriguing and in how shit is, um, everywhere in that sense if you see the world through the eyes of shit you can never look back yeah something changes <laughs> and so you were touring with this shit wagon I'm, I'm gonna keep calling it like that and what triggered you to to make a documentary and to which i definitely yeah. will put in the, in the links below it's on vimeo everybody can rent it uh, and there are English subtitles uh, for the parts that are, are in Dutch. So I highly recommend it. It's 35 plus minutes, super informative, very interesting uh, to, to dive deep in, into this story. But what triggered you to do that? You could have easily continued with the shit wagon. Uh, there are a lot of uh, festivals there. There will be a lot of festivals in the future. Um, what what triggered you to go beyond that? Well, so the documentary is is a very we call it a good excuse to come at places and to find answers because there's a lot of questions. Uh, and also because it's such a fundamental way, if we take nutrients out of the cycle and, and the, and humans are the biggest yeah, hole, uh, black hole of nutrients in the cycle, it's very logical, but like you said, a lot of people don't talk about it. It's not part of the discussion about sustainability and circularity in a, in a, in a mainstream way it's still a sort of side topic but we really wanted to discover like why again is it not part of it why is it not talked about and also why is it being held back what is the what are the obstacles to really use the shit in our way that is actually uh, that we need to do to actually feed the soil uh that was the big question and of course what we really enjoyed both i think that because of this sort of documentary, you really come at places, you know, we, we, we talk with politicians who were uh, at the waterschappen, like the water utilities, uh, like everywhere. You come at farmers. Yeah, when you go with a camera, yes, you, well, you really, get everywhere. It's really yeah. is yeah. a good excuse. to. Really it's the same thing with yeah. a podcast. If you ask, can I interview somebody? Usually people say yes. If you say, can I yeah. ask some questions in general? And it's it's way less interesting. And people love uh, which, to talk yeah, about makes themselves. Sense. That's always the case. So if you're like, we want to interview it. Like most people are like, Oh, well, okay. Me. Okay. Yeah. Well, like we suggest you, you. <laughs> because of that reason. <laughs> no, I think yeah. and, 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 and added to that, um, the, the shit wagon, it was always that question like, how do we get this shit done? Like first the curiosity, like, whoa, why does nobody know about it? Uh, it's such a great solution to so many big problems. And it's something that we all do. Like we are, shit producers in this world where everything is uh, like falling apart you feel hopeless i can create something myself i don't have to do much i do it every day already if you eat right <laughs> um i can produce like soil so uh, this this wonder we is our starting point but then how to get shit done and that's been our quest all along and this documentary is a way first of all to find excuses to get those places, but also to create a platform where there's real uh, answers to those underlying questions, where it's not just a gimmick, where it's not just something to laugh about or to feel uncomfortable about, but to really think like, oh, wait, this is a great alternative for the things, how we do things now. And we should really take it seriously. Yes. And also I want to add to that. What I find really interesting is that um, as humans, we are, very much we can be risk takers but we also analyze every risk we want to control things you know we understand if it's safe or not and I so what are risks here like what's the the, the holding back 
that that we don't value it anymore like you you said before if it is like in in China where it was a resource and you were getting discounts or rent uh, rent cuts etc like what um, what is holding us apart from the ick factor that that we can unpack as well and then it's interesting with gimmicks we can we can change that perception but what what's holding us back to take this seriously especially in these years of crisis in in Europe in these years of uh, basically losing fertility of the soil every every day and importing an incredible amount of, of chemical stuff to keep that sort of in place. Like what's, yeah, what's, what's, what's holding us back? The biggest? Oh, there's so many, but, but yeah. I think the biggest. There's so is many, but let's start with the top one. And that yeah. is, um, that's just the way we do it. Yeah. That's just the way we do it. And if we want to do it, like we are proposing to, to bring back the nutrients that we in our PMP, then we need to create new systems, new uh, transport systems, new yeah companies working together, uh, and it's new. That's the biggest, but that's with all transitions, right? Yeah, and in, in the and regulation, like, is it holding? Like, oh no, sorry, we we got here because of the risks. Are there risks? I mean, people would say like contamination we mentioned before like what what are the risks of doing this like how, how difficult is it to do it properly are there serious risks or should we just not get too scared about it well um funny enough this also we've been screening the documentary and been touring and this this is this the first question the main question is but is it safe but i eat medicine every day yeah. and i and then can i eat from that is that is that possible and in one way Technologically, it's already possible. We also had interviews with Grietje Zeeman uh, for internationals, maybe hard to uh, pronounce, but Grietje Zeeman is a researcher in the Good luck Wageningen. In Googling, yeah. um, and, uh, and she says, I mean, it's possible. Of course, it's going to cost something with everything, with every technology. We have to have different systems. When you, for example, have a circular toilet, it comes, it's all in a central system. It becomes um, uh, cleaned. And then uh, there's also a way to, after that process, to compost it, for example, and then you can actually use it for, for example, agriculture to grow plants. Uh, we mostly now use it to, um, to create energy, to uh, bio, uh, biogas. But in, in a lot of ways, there's so many possibilities all to do this in a safe way. Um, but still, I think be, one thing is because of, we talked about the taboo, our idea of poo is that it's, again, dirty. And uh, the first association with that becomes, oh, then it's risky. Um, and people focus on more on the risk side than on the possibility side, like the if side. Like if we bring it in, of course, we need to do it safe. But it's more about, oh, it's risky, so we shouldn't do it. So it's already been held back in the process before actually the possibilities are being weighed out. And I think that's also a big hurdle um that we don't even want to look at it because we're like oh well poo, we shouldn't deal with that because yeah because we 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 hear the stories of why we created the sewage system yeah. why we we're flushing because of hygiene because of of horrible city conditions when we set up those systems and of course the world has moved on since then luckily well, quite a reasons bit. Um, <laughs> and then what's the second question when when people say okay is it safe and you say yeah yeah actually it's if you do it well, it's safe. What's the second question that comes out of the audience when you screen this movie in front of, uh, of let's say, a live audience? Okay, first one is we have already too many, sh too much shit, right? That's yeah. Not, uh, too, yeah. We have too much shit already in the Netherlands. Why would, why would we want to use why, more why shit? Because we have a, a massive, you, yeah, we, okay. So we have, we have a lot of issues with... Our shit. Yeah. <laughs> Good question, because we have a lot of, of concentrated CAFO operations, uh, factory farms, which, of course, accumulate an, an immense amount of, uh, of, of uh, uh, let's say, animal shit. So what, what's your answer then when people say that, like, yeah, we have already too much shit. Why should we complicate our lives even further? Well, we should use all shit. <laughs> I just want to point out human shit is next level shit. It's much better. <laughs> I mean, we have a very... That's a good answer. Yeah. Our diet is quite uh, versatile. And so that translates in our shit. <laughs> we <But> hope. <laughs> I think there are lots of ways to answer this question. Also, depending on the place you live. But, um, for example, in the Netherlands, we have a lot of uh, cows and a lot of animals. And we have too much nutrients uh, and shit here. But on other places, they're not, at all places, they're not always enough animals. 
aka enough animal shit in versio to humans. But wherever there are humans that need to be fed, there are shit of humans that can feed the soil to feed them. Um, so I think that that's the the best answer for that question, but also how we are dividing it now is that in places where uh, where yeah, maybe you can answer that. Do you want to learn how to invest or are you an entrepreneur and want to build companies in the regenerative food and agriculture space? Or do you work in big ag and big food and want to really move the needle? We have developed a new video course for you. Find out more on investinginregenerativeagriculture.com slash course or in the show notes description below. Yeah, so I think um, what we do now, we have, of course, we, if you talk about import, if we, a lot of the nutrients also are being taken from other places. So we actually, we rob them of their nutrients to feed the cow that we have, which are already too many. Um, so we take these nutrients, we take them to the Netherlands and actually we see that we are very efficient, but we're actually not very efficient because we take a lot of in. So um, this is on one point. And the other point is that in the end, if we if we talk about the, the health of the soil, we also need to look at other ways. So less cattle is one of the ways that we need to move to. So not not cattle, but at, at least less. And also if we talk about the what we now use to feed the soil is mostly on artificial fertilizer also. So if all these different ways that actually lead to less artificial fertilizers needed to have healthy soil, less cows in a more balanced way. And then we need alternatives to actually feed the soil. So then humans come in, we come into place because there's a lot of, uh, yeah, we are already there and it's easy to use us and actually make healthy, really good compost with it, for example. Uh, but also I think one of the, the main points is that we are actually extracting a lot uh, to feed our cows, our people, our, uh, our soil. And then we actually make it uh, more dense, that we have local um, ways of fertilizing the soil also in a way that it's healthy and more balanced. So it's a lot of different yeah, and just to, benefits. Just to be clear, like currently we take a lot of the nutrients out of the cycle by, um, especially the human the human shit goes into biogas, etc., which is, let's say, okay from an energy perspective, but on the the, uh, the, the scale of use usefulness, it's not the best way to use it because you lose the nutrients, you're done. And, and it basically you're you're creating a huge hole, uh, as you mentioned, in the cycle and, and you keep importing from outside your your fertility. And and so, OK, let's let's establish we don't have enough shit, actually, and we're losing a lot of fertility and keep importing. And then what on the regulation side, because, of course, then people are saying, yeah, but is it allowed? Like, what what do you see there? How much space is there? How difficult was it to to do, let's say, the shit sandwich uh, caravan to to go around from festivals? Like how? Tricky is this just from the, uh, not from the hygiene as the risk perspective, but the hygiene rule perspective, as I can imagine, that's not easy in the European Union. We have a don't ask, don't tell policy <laughs> on shit level. <laughs> no, so we make sure that the compost that we use is safe. So we do tests on the things that we can test to make sure, hey, this is safe. Then it goes into the soil yeah. and that has like a... Yeah, the soil also has a way to sift out certain things. So we can confidently say that the sandwiches that we produce are very safe. But uh, law and legislation is quite a gray zone. And it's in every country, it's different. Um, but okay. uh, we don't know... We don't know what we can do and what we can't do. And the government doesn't know. Um, they... Like uh, because nobody ever talks about it. No, yeah, yeah because that's awesome. <laughs> nobody talks about it, and nobody wants to talk about. It. And they whisper in their ear, "Just do it, then we can react upon it." Um, and we ask, yeah, but the big parties are not moving if there's no like if it's not allowed. Um, if they know it's not allowed, because it's very risky for them to invest in something where the long registration is not clear yet. <laughs> Um, so it's yeah. Imagine if you make a new like living area and you install these these toilets that separate and then store it properly and process it properly, etc. And then two years later, uh, somebody said actually there was a law in somewhere somewhere that that doesn't allow it. I mean, 
redoing and re- retrofitting all of that is is just not uh, yeah that's a risk probably any builder wouldn't take or any any yeah, project but the developer lot. maybe a few people at home a few people at home would do it but if you're building something 200 houses somewhere yeah, I can imagine you're like, I would like a clear yes or no. Yeah. Not yeah. Like, so, oh yeah, maybe try and, and let us figure it out along the way. On cow shit, there's a lot of legislation. On uh, waste, and I do air quotes now for listeners, yeah. <laughs> there's also a lot of legislation. But um, we say yeah, it's not waste, it's value. Um, so then there's an open open space to, to create. Um, now it, it, it's, uh, uh, the rules say you cannot sell it, but what if we create a trading system and not selling? What, what is like a one big, um, cooperation of shit, you know, you, uh, you pay less rent if you hand in your shit and you, in the corporation, there's also a farmer nearby that, uh, can, can feed the soil of that farm from your shit, but also gives vegetables back. So I think there's a lot of creativity involved in there. Uh, but we should be really uh, mindful of how we are calling it. That's why I corrected you in the fir- first yeah. place. And um, treasure, treasure. Yeah. Also, find those loopholes a little bit to challenge uh, uh, Europe, Parliament, and everyone. And because they want, they want to be challenged. They also want movement. And also, I think we we talk about it. You have an international audience, so. Of, everybody a lot of countries are listening to this and i think we also have to look at a broader skill in the netherlands we are way back and we're not ahead of ourselves i mean we could do much more than we are actually doing now but also laws and legislation are holding us back but there are a lot of countries in europe actually already reusing either from the sewage system or a circular way their shit and and also there's examples of already farmers that are actually using it because legislation is uh, different there and it's more you can easily use it reuse it there so i think we also have to look at a global scale that actually there's a lot of innovation and already a change in this but you so see also a lot of um, yeah people being held back uh, for example in the Netherlands, we are actually not really doing well in in the shit uh, way in a lot of ways we're not doing we're, very we're, well we're deep in the shit yeah <laughs> we can do in much deep better shit, yeah. we have a lot of there's a lot of possibility and has it changed like you mentioned it changed over the last years the conversation because it feels like technology is there legislation is sort of gray zone but could be changed or at least stuff is possible and allowed or at least not completely illegal so it mainly seems a mindset shift like we started with has that shifted i'm going to shift too many times has it changed over the last years as you have been going to these festivals like the conversation of course your bubble has been growing because of the documentary and you get to people that already sort of have these conversations, but have you felt a change in the field or in general in the sector? Like, okay, this is a, is there a momentum now? Like the, 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 the question always investors like to ask why now is there a now that, that feels different than a couple of years ago? Yeah. And please add on Fides, the things that what I'm saying, but I think there's a lot of actually a lot of urgency momentum. So one of the things that we see actually with the farmers that we work with is that they see the gas prices going up. Artificial fertilizer is becoming very, very expensive and scarce. And also it's widely known that that doesn't feed the soil. It feeds the plant, but not the soil. So it destroys your soil. very yeah. noticeable that the soil is being depleted and farmers are also getting itchy of that. Yeah. So you have two ways. One is a direct incentive that you actually see, okay, it's a high price, but also a high uh, cost of uh, soil loss uh, of also water problems and every, all the other things that farmers are actually seeing in their land. So they're having a lot of difficulty to getting the yields that they actually before was more easy to get. So I think that's one of the, the main thing also with the, the war was also war. I mean, wars are not, <laughs> it's good that a war is actually the incentive for change, but you also saw with uh, with the war with, with the gas price to actually make artificial fertilizer and to get the energy, it's, it's such... It's such a high price that is actually people saw directly, okay, we need to do something different. So that's one point. Another thing is like the scarcity of phosphor that we're actually seeing worldwide because we're also extracting it from mining. Um, it's in uh, it's in zones, uh, geopolitical, very sort of high risk zones. Uh, for example, in Morocco, we have the mines. At one, they're also almost empty or emptying. In the coming 60 years, they're 
probably going to be empty. So that's one thing. And without phosphor, we cannot grow anything. Just that's to be very clear, like this is the without phosphor, we cannot grow. No, anything, phosphor is that like this is a, this is the other thing. Never, nobody ever talks about. Yes, and it comes from two or three places that are at risk. Yeah, yeah this is the hidden uh, hidden wave of uh, <laughs> phosphor is life. It's the basis of life, and you cannot produce it like we uh, produce nitrogen. Uh, it's only there in the form of mines. Uh, we mine it, and those mines are emptying out. And another thing, but then maybe uh, we cannot talk uh, too long about the crisis <laughs> because then we need hope and then there's shit. But um, if we put all the phosphor in those mines, if we put it in our system, um, then the whole balance is out. Uh, and it, it flows through rivers to this ocean. Algae will uh, uh, grow. There won't be any oxygen no bloom, in the sea. Yeah. There won't be any sea life. So besides that, I should don't think that we should use up all the mines. And if we do, we have a big problem. We also have a big problem if we put all the phosphor that is now in like like rock formation, if we use that in our ecosystem, our ecosystem cannot handle it. And then and do you see like that pressure with like farmers? Yeah, geopolitically, it's it's yeah, it's it's a it's a huge um, risk. I mean, we noticed that, of course, with with the war with other materials or other imports, we we desperately are are based upon. But then you see with like you mentioned farmers, we work with. We see the price that do you see any? I would say creativity there, like somebody that sells to a, a local restaurant or to like to figure out, okay, how do I get those nutrients back? Like, can I get a deal? Can I install, can I help you install uh, a few proper toilets that separate things? And then uh, I will make sure that I, it flows back to my farm and I will make sure I keep supplying you vegetables. Like, do you see those, those connections being made now with these, these crazy prices? Well, you see it in a, in a literal and a figure, figurative way, because of course the law doesn't, uh, allow the space for farmers to actually experiment, which is also one of the things that we really are pushing for. Give them the space they want it. They actually see the worth of it. They they didn't know they need the nutrients for their own soul. They want to do it, but they actually they're limited. But there are a lot of farmers, for example, that we work also with the give a shit uh, um, uh, campaign. campaign. Uh, and actually farmers there, the farmers we work with all over the lens, put up their flag and say shit at our farm bring your shit we need it um so actually more farmers are are, are coming to join with this campaign and you really see that they actually really want to do something with it there's also farmers who have already circular toilets in their place and already used uh, the compost but not on the garden to grow plants but in different ways for example to feed the soil so there are indirect ways already that they're building the infrastructure that is needed to actually bring in the shit of humans to eventually really fit the soil in a way that we actually can grow plants that people eat. But they're already starting to build it in different ways. So composting other materials, like our farm Peter, uh, Peter van der Valk, he already is building the infrastructure of what we need to actually do it in the future. So you really see farmers thinking ahead of themselves of their time it's like okay it's not now but in the future we are going to do it we're going to use that shit of yeah. the of civilians uh, to to grow our plants and i think the interesting thing of what uh, in the documentary you also see a farmer peter van der valk uh, that jana said interesting thing that he does is that he says i'm not a farmer who produce only produces food my main task is to recycle nutrients and this way, the pressure that I have to have this outcome, you know, to have a business case on only producing food uh, gets less because, yes, I produce food. But the other source of income is that I recycle nutrients. So uh, now uh, we flush our toilets and it will it costs a lot of money to get rid of it. But he says, give it to me. He now does that with mo mostly like um, grass and, and other um, recyclables, but wants to go to shit, um, give it to me. I make compost out of it with a cooperation of farmers where we rent the machines together, feed the soil. That's where how I can get a little bit of income. I produce food. That's another part where I can get a little bit of income. So it's a great way that you shift the mindset of a farmer. No, my, my main source is not only producing food, but taking care of the soil. So I can create a societal 
place for myself where I create healthy soils that contain water well, that uh, are actually equipped for the climate change that we're facing. And, and what's like the entry point to to scale here? Because I'm imagining a lot of infrastructure has to be changed, like in houses and, and, and things like that. But what are other ways to to collect a, a good amount of shit and, and, and pee as well separately? Because I'm, that's, I think, seems to be a crucial piece. Is this festivals? Is it temporary? So like where, 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 what is the next step beyond a farmer that, in, in of course, puts a, a nice circular toilet on his or her farm, but might have a few people a day or but what's the, what do you see as a next uh, cool scaling piece of this where we can start working with with more significant amounts of uh, uh, of human treasure well in city we shit the most i think um of course the so density of people there. are is yeah. is tremendous here so one of the first so do you have to retrofit everything or do you have is it possible like in an apartment building is it possible to plug a machine yeah. into the sewage pipe and start there or do you have to retrofit all the toilets in in the whole building to to get the best quality I think, uh, of course, the most easiest way in and a good investment would be to already start making circuit toilets in new buildings, which are going to be built in a great scale in the coming years. So uh, we see that as sort of the main uh, sort of entry point. And of course, the circular sanitation, you have a centralized way of um, getting it all into one tank. And then, for example, it can be, we already have infrastructure for, uh, uh, getting trash or waste again with uh, uh, into uh, in, in in vehicles already out of the city, so there are already ways of transporting, for example, these kind of nutrients to the land. So actually, with the city, you can feed the land again, so it becomes also more in- connected in that way. Um, and there's also a, a centralized that we can still have a part of the sewage system that we have, but we're really looking to not burning all the the healthy nutrients that we do now because most these burn and like Fida said it costs a lot of money actually you think it's for free to burn something but it's actually a few million four million it costs yeah, to burn the side nutrients. note this is how we do it in Holland so a lot of other countries they use the sewage uh, system or the, the the slip the sludge the sludge yeah. uh, here we we the burn it. so that's end, a little, yeah. little side note so there's a lot of... And let's say burning sludge with a lot of liquid, of course, is not easy. Yeah. 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 So, and also it's a lot of contamination going in already. It's very inefficient. Like it, it can be much easier if you look into what we pull out. Actually, if you compare it to what comes into the sludge, it's much more, it's contained with industry, with agriculture, with all these kind of roads. toxins and roads. But actually what we shit, people think that is dirty. Well, actually, if you look at the other end of the site, that is much more dirty and much more difficult to get you get the clean and healthy stuff that you want. So you would say focus on the separation, focus on, I mean, part of it, let's make sure we don't burn it in the Netherlands specifically, but also focus a lot of attention on the new infrastructure to make sure it is made to be circular, which means separated pee and poo, and make sure it, it can be then separately transported, treated and, and used because both of them are actually uh, basically gold, but it shouldn't be mixed because that, that just makes things way more complicated. Yes, for sure. And I think there's just not one solution, one size fits all solution with this. And, I re- and also with if you look at to the end of the cycle, so not only how you, um, have to, how you collect it um, and how you actually use the nutrients, for example, composting, fermenting, or actually also t- for energy for wa- for a part is also possible. But it's also, if you look at the other end of the, the cycle, the soil, it's also very dependable which farmer uses or needs what kind of nutrients. So you also have to look on, like it's much more location-based, uh, what is needed and what is possible. So I think we also want to enge- sort of... Um, uh, not engaged, but um, uh, how you say uh, prickle? <laughs> the word tickle, <laughs> tickle. Uh, the, nudge there's or... many possibilities. There's yeah. just not one way. So I think that's also really important in the story. Um, yeah. yeah, there's no one size fit all, but there are a lot of solutions already um, to fit. Uh, the, the the project uh, on hand and that's the interesting part and what really what, what we really are standing for is okay 
But in all those cases, what you if you do it like on the sludge system and not change that much, or if you really change the whole system and create new toilets and new houses, whatever skill you choose, whatever point you choose on that uh, transition skill, you as a person, you are a shit producer and you produce value. And make sure, stand up for your rights, stand up for your shit rights. Make sure that your shit is not wasted and that you feed the soil. And what would you change? Both of you, it's a, it's a, a magic wand question, meaning you have a, a magic wand to change one thing overnight, but only one. Um, but of course you're in two, so you can choose two. But what would you be... Um, one thing overnight that if you had the magic power to, to change could be, of course, mindset shifts, could be everybody has a, 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 a good circular toilet or could become something completely different. Um, but if the uh, possibilities are endless, what would your one change be? Oh God, this sounds like a trick question with the <laughs> genie that you should never wish. <laughs> Three wishes. Three. Don't wish for more. Don't wish for more wishes. That's for sure. Um, you want to go first? Yes, well, one of the things is, I think, it's a bigger than one one thing, but the relationship with our food, not only where it comes from, but what it eats, and that really people see, like, if we can feel how, how, how much time it takes to grow a plant, for example, or how much, you know, it's just, it's not there over there in the supermarket, like this feeling of, that you understand this this cycle, maybe with a chip. That's a bit, but that you really feel that you really feel yeah. this energy that goes in, and it's not just something. I think if that would be so pivotal, if people can really feel that instead of it's something outside of themselves. Yeah, um, I think I agree. If I would have a magic wand, I would let people really feel the dependence, literally feel the dependence that we as humans have on the world or the soil, the, the water around us. And if we really ex um, experience that dependence um, and put ourselves back into the cycle, uh, that then magically <laughs> the side effects will be that we suddenly think everything is possible and change it just like that. Yeah. And it's about, you know, this, and we talk about mind shift, but it's really, of course, in, in an essence, um, this, it's, it is value-based, you know, because we talk about value and how to revalue, but how to value something in general, how to value how you, again, like your food, how it's grown, where it comes from. It's, it's not something uh, very technical, but I think that is, again, the basis of how we make our decisions and how we shape our world, so... And on the value side of things, and, and this is more on the financial side, what would you tell investors that are listening or people working in the financial sector that are looking for, of course, ways to put money to work and also be part of the next thing or the next wave or, uh, and, and would ask that question, why now? Like what, um, what are interesting directions to, of course, without giving investment advice, but to dig a bit deeper or to, to understand is this technology side, is it much more the infrastructure side, is it and figuring out the, the connection between large amounts of shit and farmers or is the composting side like what what are exciting places um that you would recommend or would tell people like look go go and spend some time there and go and dig deeper and go learn there if you are interested to at some point put put money at work and invest in this space i would just i always joked like shit is golden <laughs> just wait a few years when the phosphate mines are <laughs> running out or geopolitically there's a new crisis suddenly shit is what people need <laughs> um so i always so say we need to be ready yeah. to my grandma uh, how to explain what you do well uh, wait a few years grandma <laughs> and uh, you'll understand why. and you know <laughs> i'll be rich with shit um a shit I, trader right <laughs> yeah. i think the deeper question question that you're asking um, is well and I have to really think about it because from my point of view I would say and indeed the magic wand answer the <laughs> uh, really uh, get people um, 
with this this knowledge and this feeling oh i am part of this cycle but i don't think that we understand our soil i don't think that we understand how valuable it is how important it is for um the whole earth uh, that the it's the fundament of everything that grows of life itself and i don't think we understand it and we don't know how it works it's such a magical place that science has been done <laughs> but it's they don't understand how soil works really because it's so magical and i wouldn't say do more research but if i could point out one thing to people like research that more wonder about the magic of soil and i think you will come back to us with a collection of your shit and what would you do if you're you would be an investor and you had say a billion euros to to put to work which is an insane amount of money and nothing at the same time if we look at the financial sector um where would you put it to work what would be i'm not asking for exact euro amounts i'm asking for what would be your priority like i would focus maybe on soil science and and measurements and and setting up better soil labs or, or making i don't know soil life more visible that we understand it way better or something completely different i would focus on a circular food company that also collects the shit or something like that like what would be your focus if you had let's say the resource of money um to to put to work in in a way that Hopefully at some point it also comes back. So definitely in, a, in an investment slash circular way. What do, would both of you focus on? I think, um, for, for example, now a lot of money is put into um, more knowledge, I think, which is very important. But I also see we need more practical knowledge. So um, I think the investment would be more into a farmer or a group of farmers that actually want to rebuild uh, the way they are um, doing, things. Doing, doing things, agriculture at the moment. And I wouldn't expect as an investor to be paid out <laughs> in, in, the, in the long run. I think it would be a long-term investment, something that I want to really see grow. Um, and I really see there's so many farmers who want to be, like you said, uh, nutrient recyclists, but also uh, want to protect nature in a way or... Uh, of course, a lot of farmers also don't know their land, but a lot of farmers do know their lands and knew how to manage it. So I think as an investor, I would spend my money yeah. on that. I think a lot of the... Practical knowledge is a good Very one. practical knowledge. And also, I think, um, like investment, like you said, like that amount of money is such a small thing in, in the grand scheme of things. So... Hopefully, maybe as an investor, I would also change the way money is being, you know, put. It's not about a lot of investors want to be repaid or want to see something grow. But I think as an investor, I hope to be my portfolio be like, OK, this is the money and I trust that this and this and this would happen. And I want to see this and I want to recreate the value that is there. But I hope not for the money. I think, <laughs> yeah, if we really talk about circular economy, we need to redefine growth yeah. uh, and profit. And what if profit is a healthy soil? Then uh, there, every investor would invest in this project. <laughs> and, and how did, as, as a final question, how did this change your... It's, it's a weird question to ask, but how how do you go to the toilet now? Like somewhere, like, is it always, Crying. do you always wonder about the treasure? Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was wondering, like, can you still go to the toilet without thinking about all of this? Probably not. And how, like, you're in a theater and you 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 showed the, um, the documentary and then you have to go. Like, is that, a, is that painful now as you're not obviously capturing it and the treasure goes? Uh, well... What we also end with in a documentary is we just hope that next time you go to the toilet, you, you say or you think, God damn it, holy shit, what a waste this is, um, flushing it away. And it's really what we hope to achieve is that people every time, like us, feel a little bit of pain, <laughs> physical pain, flushing it away. Um, and we have that. Um, but I have a, con a consolation because on the toilet uh, in my house, uh, Jana made a poem about uh, this shit adventure. And uh, it's next to my toilet. And every time I flush it, I read that poem and I find a little bit of healing from it. Out loud every time. 
<laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And also I want to add, and maybe it's interesting because I'm so aware of it that ev- also after documentary made that every toilet you go to, oh yeah, this is also not that one or when it is actually uh, a circular toilet or that you feel a bit more like you attributed something instead of just like, okay, you flushed and went away. But I also want to add like, as humans, we're also um, ha- of habits, you know, something that we're like, also in me, I, I sometimes feel comfortable with the fact that I'm not, it's not put into my nose and that I flush and I forget sometimes also, I'm also a flush and forget. I mean, maybe I'm actually, Fides, I want you to know, I also sometimes forget a confession moment. <laughs> but I think that's also really... A, a confession time on the confession podcast. Time. Yeah. yeah, it's really an illustration how we as humans are and that we really need to, like rethinking something costs work, but it also gives energy. And I, I really enjoy working on this um, and, and getting humans in this back into the cycle. Um, yeah, gives me purpose. But sometimes I have to... Um, yeah, get myself straight. Like again, the toilet is is not uh, how I want it to be, but uh, it can be better. <laughs> I think it's a perfect way to end this conversation. Thank you so much for putting our attention in general, not just in this podcast, but on on the human treasure. And I think it was called in English night soil. And and let's shift the mindset to something that is inevitable. I mean, hopefully we don't need other massive crises, either geopolitical or environmental, to to understand that it doesn't make any sense to get rid of this human treasure as fast as possible and pay a lot of money for it um, or pay in general the environmental and social price we do pay for it. And it's uh, let's, let's go for the mind shift and then the technology and the infrastructure will follow. So thank you so much for taking the time here to uh, bring the, the, the shit to the forefront and discuss something that we should discuss way more often, but we don't. So thank you for the work you do and thank you for taking the time to come here and share about it. Thank Thanks. Thank you. Boom. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. For the show notes and links we discussed in this episode, check out our website, investinginregenerativeagriculture.com forward slash posts. If you like this episode, why not share it with a friend or give us a rating on Apple Podcasts? That really helps. Thanks again and see you next time.